Fulhamish is back for the season by Labrooks. Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Fulhamish Extra. Extra. We are your extra dosage of Fulham content this week. My name is Jack Collins, and I'm joined in the studio by Farrell Monk. Hello, party people. Ben Charman. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's getting worse and worse. And Drew Heatley. I'm back for Christmas again. Yeah, his final, his final <laughs> appearance this year on the Fulhamish podcast. And we are looking forward, kind of, to the Newcastle game up in the far echelons of the North East this weekend. Just before we get started, please reminder that for exclusive specials and promotions at Labrocks, who back this podcast, you can head to bets.fullamish.co.uk. And also a big call for some podcast ratings on Apple, iTunes, and whatever podcast store you like. Um, obviously, we grow and thrive through people rating us and sharing us with their friends so if you haven't been on there recently and given us a rating we'd like a five star one if you like us um, that would be great and we'd massively appreciate it so please do head on there and give us a rating right boys newcastle away this weekend tricky but beatable um how do we start drew well in terms of how we playing oh god well i'll tell you what we won't have uh, and i mentioned it earlier if we can get away of not playing Tim Ream, I'll do that. Just because if he's getting beaten in the air by a Chicharito, then what's he going to do when Rondon gets on the end of one? Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm slightly terrified by that. Um, crikey. Okay, so yeah, well, I, I'd go Rico in goal. I'd go Brian and um, Christy on, and in the fullback roles uh, and Mawson. And Maxim, if he's back, do we have anything on him? I'm not sure. He, he did seem to be recovering. He didn't, the knock didn't seem too serious. Yeah, okay, so let's do that. He'll be back. I was really intrigued by Ben's suggestion of uh, Chambers and Nguyen. So with Kenny just in front, I kind of I'm, I'm into that. So I, um, I, you know, it's a case of will it happen? What do we want? But I, I'd go with that. And uh, up top, yeah, Cess, uh, Mitro, and Sherla. There's not a lot. Cess is a doubt. Uh, is he? Yeah, he's uh, still a doubt. He's orange on Fancy Premier League. Oh, yeah. That's really upsetting. Oof. Big Floyd could play. Yeah, we could do Floyd. I really want to see more Floyd. Big Floyd. Yeah. I mean, I, when he's when he's had his little cameo appearances, it looks really bright. Well, um, Heaskins did okay when he came on as well. Yeah, but yeah, not as good as Floyd. Oh, there's a disagreement in the room. <laughs> um, that's fine. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with that. Drew, it's, it's your team, so you can. Yeah, pick the I'm gonna I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for Floyd. I have to maintain from the beginning that he's got um, he's got that little bit of uh, sort of about him that's going to suit the Premier League a bit more, and I really like to see him get a bit more game time to show what he can do because he's an intelligent player, and you know why not. Ben Jarman, how would you approach this game? Um, I'm really, really scared of Newcastle at the moment because they seem to have found their resilience again underneath Benitez. Um, and it's mainly driven by Rondon, who, who scored, I think it's four in five goal, uh, four goals in five games now. Um, he's looking pretty good. And even their centre-halves in Lascelles and Kieran Clark are starting to get their act together. Um, I'm a little bit worried by them, but I think it's something that we can get at, especially if we have a midfield that's quite boisterous and put themselves about quite a lot, which is why on the pre- previous podcast you would have heard me say about a, a Chambers and Gisa, uh Kearney trifecta in the middle. Oh, I was going to go with the Duble pivot, but you've, you've outdone me by going oh, with the uh, trifecta. Yeah, I think that would be quite nice. Um, like the rest of us here, I think we're all struggling in wide positions, but I would quite like to see Floyd. Personally, uh, in our two and a half years of doing Fulhamish pod, I have loved Floyd Aite 
despite the fact he spent 87% of his time injured whilst we've recorded it. Um, I th- I would quite like to see if he could make an impact there out wide as lo- uh, with Cess, even though he's a doubt. It'd be nice to see him get a run out and score two more goals at Newcastle United and Shishnall. That'd be good, wouldn't it? I'd, li- I'd like That'd to see Cess shush 60,000 Geordies again. Farrell, uh, what, what kind of scares you about Newcastle? Where do you think they can be got at? All the things that, you know... The thing that will scare Farrell is the cheap treble vodkas that they offer in the main town centre because everyone knows he loves a pop world. Three for a fiver. Having gone to university very close to Newcastle, I can confirm that trebles are extremely cheap. Well, it was it was it's almost a year to the day since the last time I set foot in Newcastle and there are plenty of photos and videos from me and my mate's trip up there before the Sunderland game. Um which um if this was a visual pod I'd show a few of them but it's it not, is not, not so unfortunately team, you'll just have to fo- follow me on Instagram and I'll just slowly release them throughout the week yeah. in the lead up <laughs> but what does really scare me is the fact that Rafa Benitez obviously we all know him as an incredibly tactical manager I'm sure that they'd be doing their research now for a couple of weeks on us and know what our weak point is which is obviously defending and counterattacks. and uh, you know Solomon Rondon is is bang on form at the moment he's quick he's strong They've got players to exploit us. By Richie on the wing is going to be absolutely up and down that line. He, they've got absolute quality throughout their team. Their their league form is a bit of a, a false kind of thing. From they they are starting to turn the screw and start there. It is starting to come fruition. Um, and I do think that it's going to be a sterner test than we think it's going to be. Um, but we have gone up there. We have to in the past it's not really even though it's distance wise and in almost another country um you know and Fulham aren't exactly known for playing away from home very well but we've had some pretty good days up there in in the past um so I'm hopeful that we are able to to get something up there I don't know where it's going to come from um hopefully we can you know exploit where we are good at I spoke on Monday about Mitrovic's heading ability and how many scored for, uh, from crosses so far this season hopefully we can get some balls into the box and start ex- and start taking our chances but you know that would probably mean not playing Kamara Drew Mitrovic surely will have a point to prove up at Newcastle going back to visit his old boss and his old team and the man that basically was like you're not good enough for me yeah, he absolutely will, and and that, you know, we've seen the we've seen the best of Mitrovic. It's safe to say since he joined in January, and we've never seen that sort of red mist. And I really hope that doesn't come down on the weekend. I don't think it will because too... he doesn't hate Newcastle. No, but I guess uh, what I mean more really is like his desire to uh, impress might you know heighten emotion, heighten adrenaline. One thing leads to another. Somebody Benitez says, right, you know, Kieran Clark or whatever, you you niggle him all game, you piss him off, whatever, and something happens, you know. Probably won't. I would love a couple of no celebrations from him. You know, I take that just uh, just uh, for him to put the ball in the onion bag twice. I think he'd celebrate. I, mean, I don't I'd... think Alexander Mitrovic is the kind of bloke that doesn't celebrate. No, you're probably right. Teams. And it probably, yeah, I'd love him to get a, a big framed picture of Slavisa out and give it a kiss and just uh, run, <laughs> run around the Gallagher. It'd be fantastic. Uh, we'll Snapchat it as well. Send yeah, it to him. yeah. Let's uh, let's have it all from him. No, it's a big game for him. Everyone's going to be watching him. Um, and hopefully he does the business. There are some really big games elsewhere as well, so we really need him. Controversial, but I'd maybe start Ibrahim Asise alongside oh, 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 Callum oh, oh, Chambers oh. in a double pivot. Jack has got into the... Um... I thought he did really well when he came on against United. He just cleaned up really well and played very simple passes in the right direction. Well, well, double pivot's got to be the way forward, doesn't it? Because we need, we all know we need some sort of protection. So, you know, whoever it is, I'm, I'm up for it. 
a double pivot would work if we played more counter-attacking, wouldn't it? Um, just trying to sort of like break up play when the yeah. ball's deep and then try and break quickly, which we've kind of discussed isn't really our strength. But it could be if Sessegnon's back because we've got a natural player who can just drive forward and pick his decision-making is probably better than any player that we've got at Absolutely. the club at the moment. And also his defensive output as well because a lot of Newcastle's danger comes down the right. So I yeah. think that side is going to be crucial. And if we're talking about defensive capabilities, can we not like swap Rico for Mark Rossley because he loves a game up there. <laughs> yeah, one, 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 off, one off swap deal yeah. for one game. I'm going to put a, a spanner in the works and say that I would start with Ubergar Kamara. And coming from me, that... <laughs> Is, statement. is statements that you never thought you would hear but but and I, I, look, I'm completely aware of these rubbish um, he will run up and down and it's a big pitch at St James's Park everyone forgets this it's a big pitch and they will look to stretch us and given you know you know, while he's rubbish his defensive work rate is actually quite high and uh, Andre Schoeller has taken the mantle of my least favourite Fulham player and is quite quickly heading towards my least favourite Fulham player of all time so, um, so, so given that is is now the case, uh, I'd start Kamara. While I'd also like to see Floyd, and that, I think that you know, pay, a little bit of pace and power down down one side isn't necessarily the worst thing, especially if he's running at someone like DeAndre Yedlin or Paul Dummett. Mm. Mm, Paul Dummett, it'd be, it'd be nice to see him get torn apart, wouldn't it? Do you remember when Dennis Adoy did the back thing around it? Yes. Oh my god. Well. Let's get a view from the other camp. And Sammy this week has spoke to Pete Donaldson from the Football Ramble, who is a Newcastle fan. And he started off by asking what he's made of Newcastle's start to the season this year. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the the, the, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was pretending that his club is for sale. It seems to happen every single um, transfer window, right before the transfer window, right before the season tickets uh, get sold. Mike Ashley announces that his um, club is up for sale. Uh, it never happens. I'm not holding out hope for this uh, transfer uh, window. It just seems to be a trick to um, allow him to, uh, you know, um, put his foot off the gas when it comes to actually uh, acquiring footballers uh, in, in in the windows. It happens every time. Rafa Benitez will probably be gone by the summer. Um, so I think it's the it's the light before the dark, if you know what I mean. It's 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 the it's the time of the season where I think we're sort of all hoping for um, some new recruits in January, but I just don't think it's going to happen because Mike Ashley will dangle that stupid little carrot about um, you know Newcastle uh, getting taken over, which will never happen. Let's make that very clear. No, and in the circumstances, though, Rafa Benitez continues to just work miracles. He's got a squad that's been underinvested, but he's keeping you safe from relegation danger at the moment. It was a bad start to the season. We all know about that. But those four wins that you've picked up in pretty quick succession have really helped you to kind of see off relegation danger for now. But you're definitely still in the mire. Yeah, I think we. I think I, I certainly see the Fulham match as being. Um, uh, an opportunity to possibly pull away from that group because you've got like Manchester United, we've got Liverpool, we've got Chelsea um, before the middle of January. So, uh, and I think there's only Watford in between that. So it's kind of, um, it's, I think it's going to be an important match this this Saturday. I think, um, you know, Rafa Benitez getting the manager of the month for uh, last, last month was uh, quite important because I think more than the results where we sort of won on on, on the road, I think um, the draw against Everton was really important. Sort of rotating fouls in the last 10 minutes and stuff. They showed some real steel in that match. Looking to- towards um, the next match, looking towards this this Saturday, I don't know, man. I, I, I think, I think the, the way Fulham played against West Ham 
I'm sure you've got your own opinions on, on how that happened. But I think the, the, the pace will be the thing that I think undoes you. And I think Atsu, um, Rafa Benitez seems to be a fan of Atsu. His end product is dreadful, but he can certainly outrun um, players like Adoy, I think, and who, who obviously had a lot of trouble at the weekend. And, and I think... Um, a situation like uh, DeAndre Yedlin going back in the side as well. Counter-attacks seem to work against Fulham at the moment and, and, and they don't seem to offer quite so much up top. I know they had a lot of um, shots on target last last week against West Ham. I think I, the problem with Mitro and I think the reason why Rafa bon, bombed him out was Newcastle are a defensive team. Um, they're a counter-attacking team and if you have a, a team that plays deep, Mitro does all of his best work in the 18-yard box and if he's not in the box, he can't score, uh, for, for my money. Um, let's come on to your favourite subject. I feel like, Pete, if you ever went on Mastermind, there's probably two things that would be your specialist subject. One might be some sort of Japanese animation. The other would probably be Alexander Mitrovic. Uh, this week he was actually named the Serbian Footballer of the Year. Um, he's done amazing things for us. I think he's the only reason why we're even still in touch have uh, been his goals for us. Newcastle fans were split. You were very much in the I love Mitro camp. What is it about Mitrovic that that you've just got such a fondness for? I think he reminds everyone of um, a lost age of the number nine. He reminds me uh, of Alan Shearer, the way he would, he would hustle and bustle and just, you know, absolutely let fly. With that, you know, he's he's got that kind of... Um, his conversion rate is a little bit more Andy Cole than Alan Shearer. He takes a few shots before he can uh, get going. He, I've seen him hit corner flags before, but he seemed to get the Newcastle United supporters. He was this kind of like trouble, like he would just cause trouble. He, he, he would be just a, um, a, as they would call up north, like a raggy bastard. He would just really take everyone uh, down, and you know he would, he would, um, you'd know he was on the field um, for better or worse. But that's the thing that Rafa just doesn't play the sort of football that, that I think he he demands. He's that kind of like Costa kind of character who likes the hustle, who likes the bustle, and he likes the ball in the box. But you, you can't guarantee that when you haven't got quite so much quality when it comes to going forward and, and creating chances. Um, let's kind of talk about the spine of, of Newcastle's team and really what makes Newcastle tick on a good day. Uh, Dubravka all the way from the back up to Rondon uh, up front. You've got players like... Um, Lascelles as well, who love a bit of a battle at centre-back. Who are the Newcastle players that, if they're performing, make this team tick? Who are, who are integral to Newcastle having a good day at the office? I'd, I've said it before, I've said it again, Modi Army, you can tell from the first time he touches the football um, whether you're going to have good performance or him. He's actually in quite an interesting position, Modi Army, because I think um, he has to play um, like 10 more games this season and he automatically gets offered a new contract. I think he's 30 or 32 now. He wants that uh, new contract. So I think he's going to you know, be, be producing as, as, good, as good a football as he can manage. But you're looking at players like um, John Joe Shelby. I don't think uh, Rafa's a big fan of him at the moment. Um, I think we're kind of uh, concentrating uh, on our defence and, and our delivering out from the back. I really like Martin Dubravka. I think um, he's not only an excellent shot stopper, he starts and moves quite quickly as well. And that's the kind of keep you have to be in, in 2018 in the Premier League. 
Yeah, 100%. And let's talk about Rondon up front. Now, when you signed him and got rid of Mitrovic, I was thinking, what have Newcastle done there? Because I thought he was pretty terrible for West Brom, apart from mm. the odd match. But Benitez seems to have found the best in him. And um, some of the goals he's scoring for you, that beautiful header against Bournemouth. And the goal at the weekend, whilst it was beautiful build-up play up to that, you know, Rondon really got himself into a great position. And it wasn't... It was an easy, it was it was a good one-on-one, -on -one, but he still had to have the composure to finish it late on in the game. He's been mm. a revelation. I've been really impressed with him. I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah, he arrived He arrived incredibly injured and he just couldn't, he just didn't quite have the mobility that you kind of expect from a little, him a little bit. There's no reason why we should have to choose between, um, you know, Rondon and farming out a, a, another player to um, to West Brom in exchange. We should be able to keep both of those players in the Premier League. That seems like, you know, basic for me um, but we've got Rondon he's again I compare Mitrovic to Alan Shearer I compare um, Rondon to um, Les Ferdinand a little bit if he has a chance he'll invariably convert it and I think he's uh, he's, he's a job to watch because he works really really hard but again it's all about service and it's all about um, it's all about him, you know, getting the chances. Uh, but if he, if he gets a snapshot, if he gets a, a sniff of goal, he, he'll invariably be, he, and he has invariably uh, put it away. But it is all about mobility. It is all about fitness. It is all about timing for him. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying his uh, physicality. I, I, think he's a, I think he's a great player. But then, you know, should we be having to rely on um, a lone um, I think our like combined sort of forward line, including players like, um, uh, uh, Perez and like Perez was like one million pounds. Um, like Hosselu five five million. Like we're kind of running on empty. We're running on gas really, and and, and it's all down to Rafa Benitez's skill and guile when it comes to setting up a team defensively that we've been able to stay clear of the, of the Maya. There are some terrible teams in the Premier League. I, I wouldn't even count Fulham as one of those. I think you'll probably get it sorted out um, sooner rather than later. It's just. Uh, at the moment, um, Cardiff is starting to pick up points inexplicably because uh, they're bloody awful, um, and I think they're just you know thuggish at times. Uh, and Cardiff fans won't thank me for, for for saying that. But yeah, it's 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 an it's it's an interesting um, Maya down the down the bottom. But I think Newcastle with a win this weekend could find themselves climbing out of it. You don't know what state Man United are going to be be in when we meet them. Liverpool will probably hammer us. <laughs> yes, yeah. I think Liverpool will hammer most teams on their day. I mean, um, obviously, being a, you're a Newcastle United supremo, but the day job is doing stuff for the Football Ramble and you talk about all the games in the Premier League and, and beyond. So what have you made of Fulham this season? I know that Marcus has a bit of a soft spot on the podcast for Fulham, so you do often tend to talk about them, I feel like, a bit more than necessarily you should, which obviously I love. <laughs> um, but what have you made of us this season? It's been a bit of a shock to us Fulham fans that we've not adapted to the Premier League as badly as we have so so what have you made of it as a bit of an outsider yeah I think I think when they came up I thought everybody gave Fulham out of the out of the three that came up I think everyone gave Fulham more of a fighting chance than any of the others just simply because they played some really really nice football in the championship but I don't know what it is I don't know it's, I mean it's clearly a, a problem with the defence but you just seem to have enough uh, up top to, to 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 see you through, and there were times in the first few weeks of the season you thought you know Fulham could you know easily break into the to, to mid table, um, 
And I think everybody liked your manager as well. I think that's kind of one of the things. And he was, you know, one of the major reasons why, you know, you, you managed to land Mitrovic. He was, he was signed on Snapchat, I believe. Like, you know, yeah, he was. <laughs> there's very few kind of players that have been signed on Snapchat. So, like, I, I think everyone was kind of rooting for Fulham. I think the press at large kind of root for Fulham. And I think when um, it was between them and uh, was it Villa coming up or Birmingham, I can't remember. Uh, but either way, I think everyone was sort of rooting for Fulham to come up rather than the Midlands team because I think a lot of the London-based uh, journalists would rather travel to Fulham because uh, it's a really easy and nice crowd to um, sort of be at rather than the ones in the, in, in the uh, Midlands. But um, yeah, I'm glad Villa are out up. I hate Villa. So. <laughs> so- Makes two of us after that playoff final, certainly. So there will be uh, a thousand or so hardy Fulham fans travelling all the way to Newcastle. Three hours on a train, (laughs) (laughs) boo-hoo. I went up to St James's Park once a few seasons ago. I saw a glorious nil-nil draw up there. What's the best thing about um, a trip to St James's Park? What would you recommend for Fulham fans to do if it's their first trip up there and they've got a few hours to kill in the city beforehand? Oh, mate, I mean, it's, it, that's the thing, though. It's like that, that's what the one that's what's so great about Newcastle having only one team in, in their city. You sort of go through that. Um, is it Pai Fang? What's the, the, the basically Chinatown's right next to St. James's Park? And as you walk through that arch and you just sort of see St. James's Park, it's so rare to have in 2018 um, a, uh, a, a football pitch, a, a, a massive stadium that kind of dominates the skyline. Uh, you know, Fulham's the same, but it's kind of tucked away in a quite a residential area. It's, it's not quite as uh, as big a monstrosity as St. Joseph's Park. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, hit the, if you're staying over, give yourself, get yourself a cheap hotel room and, or a hostel or something and uh, do the big market. It's worth doing. It's actually probably easier to get from where I'm going to be in Hartlepool to Newcastle because there are a lot of rail strikes on the local lines up to, up to Newcastle. Um, than it is to get from London to uh, Newcastle. So enjoy the trip. <laughs> <laughs> I remember after my trip to St. James's Park, my dad and I went into uh, very much a home fans only pub and uh, <laughs> I was dressed in full Fulham gear and uh, the pub kind of was like, <gasps> and then they were like, oh no, you're not a Sunderland fan, you're fine. And then they, they let us in and... They're very, they're very friendly. No one, seems, no one really cares. There's very little... Uh, nonsense going on there's not really any firms nobody really fights that much unless you're a horse yes in the face and it's 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 a dangerous place to be all right (laughs) how do you see the game going and can you give us a prediction um i can see newcastle getting a little bit of joy depending on if uh ronan's fit and depending on if atsu and uh and and, uh, some of our quicker players can sort of be your be your defenders all ends up so i reckon I reckon a 2-0, to be honest, 2-0 Newcastle. I'm, I'm sorry to sort of say that because I do like Fulham. I do have a soft spot for Fulham, but uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that this is the um, result that sort of helps us pull away from the, the pack behind us. Well, I really hope that you're not right, but actually, <laughs> given some of our recent form, Pete, I'm expecting nothing else. I think the lads on the podcast were joking that it's definitely going to be 1-0 with um, Diame scoring in the 72nd <laughs> minute, no. and it's um, it's written in the stars. So hopefully Fulham can prove uh, both of us wrong um, on Saturday. Um, well, you only conceded two goals against West Ham, and we conceded three, so what are you going to do? Oh, well, there we go. Maybe the odds are in our favour. Um, <laughs> if you 
don't listen to the football ramble already it feels weird that i'm advertising the football ramble but if you don't listen already um it's an amazing show uh marcus pete luke and jim every week twice a week giving their thoughts on football they also do on the continent as well if you're into european football like some of the lads from our podcast so um make sure you check out those guys uh, they're absolutely brilliant pete thank you for chatting to fulhamish yeah thanks sammy have a great weekend enjoy the football Welcome back to the Fulhamish podcast, where all that's really left to do is to say thank you. So thank you very much to Pete Donaldson from the Football Ramble there for his views from the opposition camp. Thank you to Farrell Monk. Thank you. Thank you, Ben Jarman. Thank you. And thank you, Drew Heatley. Thanks very much and Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. <laughs> My name is Jack Collins. We'll be back after the Newcastle game, straight after the Newcastle game. In fact, we're recording Saturday night this week. So there will be a podcast out on Sunday reviewing our time up at, on Tyneside, having a look at that game in the far cold northeast. We're excited. Hopefully that will be three points and Fulham you know, on the cusp with exiting the relegation zone. We live in eternal hope. This has been the Fulhamish Extra podcast. Please make sure you're following us on all our social channels, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you very much. See you later.